Hey everybody, welcome to Funk Radio. This is a podcast that you're listening to. You're one of... Shit. One of the people on this podcast is Kyle. And the other uh, fabulous and slightly moist person is Peter. We tried introducing each other this time and it went horribly. Yeah. So. <laughs> we should We should do that every episode from now on, but then each time... Describe each other with a new adjective. So am I moist? And fabulous. And fabulous? Fabulously moist. <laughs> it sounds like a like an ad for paper towels. They're they're fabulous at sucking up moisture. Just like Peter. This conversation is going in a weird direction. How you doing, Kyle? I'm pretty good. It's kinda hot here. It's like mid eighties. How about you? Yeah, it cooled down for us. It's a bit nicer now. I can dig it. I'm glad we covered the weather. Yeah, exactly. The listeners care. <laughs> listeners totally care. Um, so yeah, we took a little bit, bit of a break again because I'm dumb and can't think of ideas. So now we're back. Yeah, listeners, uh, if you have ideas for stuff we can talk about on the show, tell us on Facebook or <laughs> whatever on SoundCloud, wherever the hell you're listening to this, because we're completely out. We're kind of. We're having trouble with ideas, so... We've reached that Simpsons curve where they've done so many episodes that they just ran out of ideas. And then they kept going anyway. Yeah. So we're going to keep going, just like the Simpsons. Until we reach our 500th episode. Yeah. Oh god, that'd be amazing. So we came up with an actually decent idea this episode, I think. Uh, we've found a funk artist that we haven't talked about yet, I think, ever. I don't know if you really classify him as funk... Kind of funk punk? Is that a thing? I I don't know what to describe him as. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a weird situation, uh, listeners. The guy's name is Wesley Willis. If you've never heard of him, that's probably not too surprising. He is somewhat. He's probably more of like a cult following type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow he made a name for himself. Not that he's not a good musician, but his musical catalog is very unique because he suffered from schizophrenia his whole life. And so his music is very strange. Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of spoken word because he kind of just reads his lyrics, but they're very unique lyrics and they for better or worse they kind of open up people to the mind of a schizophrenic. No, actually, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I think his music does do really well. For all the things that you could say maybe it doesn't necessarily accomplish, I think it definitely, like, you know, it gives us a fairly good picture into his mind and, like, the thoughts going through his head. Exactly. Even if they don't necessarily make any sense to us, uh, it's I guess it's kind of interesting to see them portrayed through music. Exactly. So yeah, um, just a little bit of background before we kind of dive into some of his songs. Um, Wesley Willis was a pseudo, I guess, local artist um, from Chicago, and he was diagnosed with schizophrenia in 1989, and he, now I don't think that was the setting off point, but around that time, he began a career as kind of an underground uh, singer-songwriter in the sort of indie, outside-of-normal-stream music which with songs that would often feature obviously humorous and bizarre lyrics 
uh, that he would play mm. uh, while that he would sing while playing a cheap Technix keyboard. Um, he, it's funny though because because of his total out out there behavior, uh, he gained a really big cult following in the '90s uh, after he released a greatest hits album in '95, um, which is funny by itself because it's like if he's like a super underground artist like how can you have a greatest hits album if you're not really known that's um, a good point but he released it on uh alternative te- tentacles label which is probably the coolest label name ever and i almost read that as testicles mm. so this greatest hits album was released at the urging of a certain punk rock pioneer jello biafra probably butchering that uh mm. who helped Willis compile kind of a best hits track list. So, kind of funny. What's funny, too, is on top of all of this and doing his own kind of solo stuff, he, for a time, had his own punk rock band called the Wesley Willis Fiasco, which is also a very cool (laughs) band name. Um, And, you know, not to, you know, have a dull moment, I guess, he also uh, painted uh, both before and during his forays into music. So I assume that music was kind of more or less like a therapeutic thing for him. Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, like we were saying how we kind of, well, I guess we'll get into demons and all that, as he called them. But, you know, with everything going on in his head, I assume that, you know, sharing those thoughts and those emotions, obviously. I mean, for anybody that's going to, you know, be therapeutic maybe, but for especially for someone like that where, you know, people aren't necessarily going to understand what's going on with you. Yeah, and I think because for those of you that don't know, schizophrenia, uh, one of its symptoms is you often hear voices um, in your head that often, you know, conflict with your normal way of thinking, so they end up confusing the person. So I'm curious if him singing and performing music was a way for him to kind of help block out those voices a little bit. I I think it was. I think I, you know, I read it. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe you can. You you wrote some stuff here about the the, the demons and everything. You know, when, when we get to that, it, it'll probably make a little bit more sense that you know, making the music and performing the music was a way of making his mind focus on this one thing rather than letting the noise of all the you know the voices in his head kind of get to him. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll go through some of his songs, but some of the songs definitely kind of give you a little bit of insight into his. I guess, psychological mania. So the first song that I came across uh, that I that I actually recalled prior to even knowing who Wesley Wallace was is the song mm. uh, Rock and Roll McDonald's uh, because it was actually featured in the documentary Supersize Me. Um, and he actually sang it about his favorite McDonald's in Chicago that is actually kind of a famous landmark for the rest for the chain uh, mm. because they were founded in Illinois, and that was like the first big city McDonald's. Oh, I see. You know, it's funny, because when we were kind of doing a little bit of research on this, and I was looking through what you had written down, when I saw the name Rock and Roll McDonald's, because I do know that song vaguely, you know, I have Mm. heard it, definitely. My first thought was that with that was, I wonder if they they played that and supersized me, and of course they did. I guess that's not too surprising. it's, It's kind of perfect, exactly. And considering the, the nature of Wesley Willis, I'm sure they probably didn't have problems getting rights to the song. Hmm. Uh, the funny thing was, actually, he passed away a year prior. Maybe that's maybe they didn't have to get rights. I don't know. That is funny. 
It's not Art. Shut up, Peter. But the sad thing is, I guess he passed yeah. away a year prior. Wow, Super Size Me is 2004? I know, right? Dude, I, I, remember, we, I remember we had to watch that movie in high school. Hmm. And now I feel very old. They, did, they <laughs> disproved some of it, but I think the main message of, hey, don't eat shitty food, like, all day, every day, was, wasn't a bad message, so. Yeah. That's a good message for this show, too. <laughs> while, we, uh, while we simultaneously tell listeners about the different flavors of Pop-Tarts that have come out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't done that in a while. And uh, cereal. So it's because I haven't found any new ones. They were supposed to come out with all these new flavors, and I haven't seen them. I'm very sad. Pop tarts. If you hear this, where's all these new mm. flavors? Maybe they're in different markets. Maybe, or maybe just because I happen to look for them at Target, and Target's, unlike grocery stores, isn't usually as current. Uh, they may they may not carry food all the offerings. They may not carry all, all the flavors. Mm. So weird. That's my bad. Uh, I did happen to get some uh, peanut butter Captain Crunch though. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, peanut butter. That's protein, so it's good for me. <laughs> that was my circular logic speaking of bad food and everything you know we also had several times lately where we were talking about fast food mm-hmm. which I guess ties back into McDonald's I don't, I don't oh no I, guess, I was going to say we didn't talk about McDonald's but we did because you, you told a story about growing up and riding the bus seeing the McDonald's being built yeah and we did that episode on the Wendy's that was amazing the Wendy's episode was awesome oh man that was awesome Anyway, Sorry, McDonald's about old and this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a song. Let's listen to a clip because this is a good song. Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. McDonald's will make you fat. They serve Big Macs. They serve quarter pounders. Sort of similar to what we were saying earlier, playing off that, you know, if Wesley Willis is one of those people where probably more so than anyone else, if you've heard one of his songs, you've basically heard all of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the lyrics are going to be different. And like, obviously, some of the other ones we're going to mention in a few minutes are worth hearing as well. But I was making this observation earlier that every one of his songs has like the exact same structure. Yeah. Like he starts out with like the music's playing and then he says some spoken word, something. And then like he repeats the name of the song four times, whatever that song happens to be about. And then he like goes in every stanza is just spoken. And then the refrain is literally just like the name of the song. Repeat. I, I, I hate to break that to you, Peter, but you've just stumbled upon the, uh, the structure of punk rock music. <laughs> True. But I mean, I mean, to the point where, like, the, basically the the tune itself is, like, exactly the same every time, as well as that structure. And even, they're almost all exactly the same length as well, like, within five to ten seconds of each other. It's a, it's a, to me, I, I don't know, it just, it, it's, like, it's the most formulaic music I've ever heard, but obviously not in a way that a lot of people might consider formulaic. Yeah, it's it's formulaic and it's simplicity. I would say the lyrics are very, yeah. are very condensed. The ver- the choruses are literally often the title of the song, as you said. So I think that's that's why we're seeing it is very monotonous. Is it's this very simple structure which probably lent itself well to, to Wesley Willis because there wasn't you know complicated rhyme patterns or you know yeah. harmonic tones or any of that stuff. It was just 
he was able to write down what he thought and then put it to a backbeat and boom, he had a song. Yeah, and I, I think that that kind of phenomenon in itself is interesting with his whole schizophrenia thing because it kind of speaks to how he's not a musician that really strove to do different things with each song. It was very much just like, I'm going to do this one thing every single time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change the words now and then, but hell, even half the words sometimes are the same between different songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it goes kind of goes back to that music therapy and I th- thing yeah and yeah and f- and f- you're f- i mean for the time period the, the early the uh, late 80s early 90s i think his stick was the absurdity of his lyrics which is what drew people to him because each song you listen to is more in a conventional way ridiculous than than the last but you know to someone like him they it, it's all in the day's work i guess should we um, use that as a transition to the next yeah, to suck a yeah. sheet's dick? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel like it transitions pretty well to that. Oh, completely. So yeah, another song that uh, end up ended up being one of his greatest hits um, is his song <laughs> "Suck." <laughs> I can't suck a cheetah's dick. The funny thing is, after Willis's first band uh, we discussed before Fiasco broke up, his popularity actually increased a lot more. So as a solo artist, he actually produced more than mm. 50 albums, each with over 20 tracks. That's... So how many? A thousand songs? Because five times 20 is 100, so 50 times 20, it's really a thousand songs. Holy shit. Really, he made, he, he he wrote one song and then, and then just changed like a yeah, few of the words and then made like a thousand replaced, songs. Re- replace the animal, you probably have another song. Uh <laughs> Um, so yeah, these, these songs were filled with bizarre, uh, obscene rants about crime, fast food, uh, cultural trends, bus routes, violent confrontations with superheroes, uh, commands for his quote demons, as we, as we kind of will talk about, to engage in bestiality, which I think is probably the topic of this song. Oh, I never, I never got the connection it's not yeah it's not him telling the listeners to, to do these things it's him telling his demons or voices to do these things uh, i never got that connection so and yeah willis actually explained that these songs would quote gross out the demons enough to leave him alone and uh he, along along with these songs he would also often praise his favorite actors friends politicians and hip-hop and rock artists uh, hmm. And you know the lyrics would kind of go along with that, but it's for him the more obscene the song, the more likely he would drive away you know the voices that were in his head, I guess, because as uh-huh. as we read as we talked about before, these voices were kind of vulgar and obscene. So maybe by spouting his own obscenity, he was able, obscenities he was able to drive them away. Hmm. So that almost makes them, the songs a little bit less ridiculous and more sad. It, it well, it makes it more sad, but it also adds like a strange layer of of of, of meaning to them that I never really yeah. thought about before. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we found a couple other songs that involved animals and 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 certain uh, orifices, but we'll, we'll play "Suck a Cheetah's Dick" first. So since that seems to be okay. the most popular, "Suck a Cheetah's Dick." 
Other songs, I guess, in that vein include Sucker Campbell's Pooty Hole and Whip the Llama's Ass. Now, the reason I found Whip the Llama's Ass especially funny is because in the late 90s, a media software came out called Winamp, and the slogan for their, uh, their software was, It Really Whips the Llama's Ass, which was a reference to that song. That's so weird. It's funny because Winamp was a fairly big program in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. It was kind of like, it was like Windows Media Player, kind of, but more complex. It let you categorize and play, you know, digital files. I like that they reference <laughs> some random ass line from one of his songs. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that's Sucker Cheetah's Dick. Uh, feel free. Should we play clips of the others? Or. We let the we'll we'll let the listeners go listen to those by themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I had a question for you that I thought we should we should yes. address in this episode. Um, we were talking a minute ago about how, you know, on the surface, these songs are basically just obscene for the sake of obscenity. But then when we you actually go into like his story behind them, it's like okay, there's actually some, I mean, schizophrenic logic behind it, you know. And I wonder if a lot of his popular because we were talking about his popularity in the '90s, like being obviously because he's just so out there and obscene. But I, I, I wonder how much of his popularity was by people who were more or less making fun of him. I think you know, obviously, we we don't think it's funny that he had schizophrenia or you know he was suffering from that. I think we can still find humor in the songs because of their yeah. nature. But I wonder if, you know, for some people it's like, huh, listen to this guy, he's crazy. This is funny because he's crazy. I'm sure it was for some of them. Um, I would hope that, I mean, I don't I don't know how open he was about his schizophrenia on stage. I assume he's fairly open since he has songs about it. But uh, It may have been fairly I mean, obvious. I mean, if you're just watching him up there. True. I would hope, yeah, I would hope that they would come in with that understanding and they would be like, oh yeah, his his lyrics are awesome, he's really funny, but it's not like a, oh, we're watching him to make fun of him, more like we're watching him because it's like almost like a comedy routine. Mm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm sad thinking about that. Um, sad. So anyway, that was, a, that was a string of songs about doing things to parts of animals. Yeah. Which is a strangely large part of his catalog. True. Um, um, what about, well, should we talk about I Deserve a, a Yeah, war, yeah. Elf, I, I, or a, a hell ride? <laughs> Alongside uh, songs about doing things to animals, he often had uh, songs describing his transits on the uh, bus lines in Chicago. And mm-hmm. while on these bus lines, sometimes he would call them, quote, hell rides, because uh, during these travels he would have encounters with quote demons which were basically you know the voices in his head um and he claimed that these demons in his head were trying to to quote ruin his harmony joy music or his joy rides which is why they turned from joy rides Mm. to hell rides uh he also used the term 
however I to describe general harassment. Um, in one of his songs, he says, quote, he gave me a yell down war hell ride. Uh, and when asked about the demons and the hell rides, he would often comment that he was trying to, quote, stay the hell out of prison by, quote, not hitting people in the street with bricks. So uh-huh. I think in his scenario, I mean, the catharsis of this music was basically a way to keep him from, you know, being homeless and being out of jail and being in jail. Because often schizophrenia causes people to lash out in violent ways that, you know, land them in prison. Yeah. So, sadness. Yeah, um, stupid aside, but one that's kind of worth mentioning, I guess. Um, I just finished that show on Netflix, Orange is the New Black, and there's actually a woman, because it's it's about a women's prison, like a minimum security women's prison in, like, upstate New York. Um, And this one woman uh, that was on the show for a couple seasons actually had schizophrenia, and was there, uh, you find you find out that she be, ends up landing there for a very stupid reason. But are we it, are we talking about crazy? Shed light. No, different person. Uh, Wait, did you start watching the show? No, I watched the first few seasons like almost a year ago, maybe. Oh uh, well, you should. But I didn't continue. I didn't really feel four, like finishing it. Oh, you saw whatever. Uh, season four just got posted, and one of my coworkers was mentioning, "Oh, season four is up. It's, a, it's such a good show." So I thought I'd watch it. Um, I've I'm totally. I think her name's Lottie, but she uh, started. She appeared in the third season, and she straight up had schizophrenia to the point that, like, her for her it wasn't, you know, demons. It was like you know the this total paranoia that the NSA was watching her in the FBI and she had all these like crazy conspiracy theories and um, spoilers for people who haven't watched the show. So, you know, turn the volume down. Um, <laughs> she ends up getting thrown in a psych ward eventually because of these schizophrenic outbursts that she has. And it's sad because one of the themes in the show is like, basically you don't want to get thrown in the psych ward because it's like a horrible place and you'll never be seen again. So it it shows how the prison system is very inequipped to handle people with mental illnesses, and when yeah. they when their mental illnesses uh, cause them to do something like to break the law in some way, you know that criminal act supersedes the fact that they need help with their illness, so they end up being seen as a criminal and not you know a patient that needs help kind of thing. Right, and sometimes there aren't even like resources to help. People like even if they could help them, like if they wanted to, they can't because there's not exactly. enough funding or whatever. Because there's not the resources. Exactly. Exactly. Do we know if he ever, if Wesley Willis ever had any instances with violence, or you know, was criminalized for anything? I didn't read that. He, I mean, he may have been like you know arrested for short periods of time, but I don't think he ever ended up in prison any uh, for any long period of time. No. Hopefully the music helped him stay away from that. Yeah, I guess so. I'm sure he had confrontations with the police. So, you know, some of the schizophrenia can't not, and especially when no. they're that public facing. Yeah, I I didn't read anything about that, but you know, you listeners can figure it out. Uh, should we should we listen to a clip of "I Deserve a War Hell Ride" Sounds or good. a war? A war, yeah. war Hell Ride is it's one. Long is it all one word? word? Yeah. Weird. I deserve a war, 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 I de
so that was I Deserve a War Hell Ride. Uh, similar to the Cheetah's Dick thing, he's got a few other songs, obviously, again, all in the same structure, but more songs about buses. Uh, Hell Bus is almost the same thing, lyrically, and then there's also Retard Bus. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell from the lyrics what the purpose was of that one. Like, what? who he, what, was he saying that the demons were retarded? I don't think I, I'm so. not really I don't sure. I, I don't really, I didn't get from the lyrics like what he, he why he was talking about a retard bus. But so yeah, Hell Bus, Retard Bus, War Hell I mean he he has many songs about riding the bus and it seems like from his backstory a lot of the motivation for making music came from these mm-hmm. hell rides that he called these them. bus rides, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I I added a song to the end of this list that I mm-hmm. thought maybe it would be good a good one to end on. His song, Chronic Schizophrenia. I noticed that this one, again, with the whole following the same sound and structure, this one does that, but the it's a little bit different. It's, it's slower and it's sadder sounding than all the others. And to me, this is like the deepest view we get into like his soul. Because he's basically singing about how he has chronic schizophrenia and he sounds really sad about it. And it's like, it's a pretty heartbreaking song if you like know his background and everything. And his mm-hmm. mental struggles. It's it's tonally very different from a lot of his other songs. Which I, I don't know, I find that kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. My mind plays tricks on me every time I say something. It brings evil voices out of my head and talks to me vulgar. Then suddenly I started raving. Chronic schizophrenia. Chronic schizophrenia. I wrote the lyric. I pasted the lyrics here too. I'll I'll just read a few. Um, he says, "My mind plays tricks on me every time I say something. It brings voices out of my head and talks to me vulgar. Then suddenly I start raving. But when I have bad luck, I always hear evil voices talking to me vulgar. Everywhere I go, riding the CTA bus, all I hear is vulgarity. I hear no music at all. Riding the streets with no music sucks. Everywhere I go, I cruise the streets, being called an asshole." Plus, I'm being ridiculed and called stupid, and that's and that's part of the. I think that's part of the schizophrenia for him and a lot of people too. Is the, the voices he hears uh, are very derogatory. They're not pleasant. They're like basically like you're a mm-hmm. dick, you're an asshole. Why'd you do that? Yeah. Uh, so it's terrible to think that he has voices in his head that are literally constantly putting him down too. You know, it's like being bullied yeah. by your own mind almost. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's almost like anxiety cranked up to like 5,000 11 yeah exactly it's like it's like anxiety that anthropomorphizes itself into some into voices that you know put you down and and cause you to become more anxious it's like a self-feeding thing yeah now reading uh from some of the lyrics i just read from this uh, actually that sparked something i remember reading about him a little while back i don't um maybe you can back me up on this because um, mm-hmm. he's talking about how the voices, the voices are saying vulgar things to him, and he hears no music. And when he's riding the streets with no music, it sucks. Now, I seem to remember reading somewhere that he, when he would ride the bus, he would listen to music to kind of keep the voices away. It, it's interesting that he kind of not only is uh, performing music you know, helping keep the voices away, but even just listening to music in general mm-hmm. for him seemed to be a therapeutic thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in those instances, would either be, you know, he would try to listen to music when he could, or in his travels to suppress the voices because it distracted his mind, you know. His mind was focusing yeah. on the music he was listening to rather than, oh, the voice, what the voices are saying. Uh, funny in the in the in the orange is the new black that I previously mentioned it when it talked when it showed the backstory of this schizophrenic girl uh, for a, a period of time she was straight up homeless because of her illness and she had this like stick that she made with a bunch of bells on it and whenever the voices would start she would kind of jingle it in her ear and the, the mm-hmm. noise of that would distract her and suppress them so I think it's a similar uh, it's a very similar thing then similar yeah similar issue yeah I don't I also don't like because we were saying we don't know. What his, you know, whether he had any brushes with crime or anything because of his behavior. I also don't know whether he was homeless or not. And if oh. we had gone, done deeper research, we probably could have figured this stuff out beforehand. But we're funk radio, so we don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but that is that is a, a good point to make too, though. That uh, like you know, a lot of like we were saying earlier, a lot of people with mental disorders not only don't get the help they need in cases where it goes too far and they ended up doing something bad, you know, legally speaking, but also just general day-to-day life. I mean, you, you can't hold it. If you're schizophrenic and, you know, trying to get the voices out of your head all the time, you're not going to be able to hold a steady job. Um, and for that reason, a lot of people with mental disorders are homeless. True. And I don't know whether that was something that he ever experienced, but I think that is, kind of a point worth mentioning kind of kind of going back to what you mentioned before about like do people make fun of him mm. and, and is that why they're um a couple things i read one one funny and one very sad the funny thing was when he was on tour he would often greet his fans uh by headbutting them which is <laughs> why uh after a while he developed a very distinct permanent bruise on his forehead oh wow uh, another another uh, little aside that I read that it goes back to you saying, oh, maybe people listen to him, you know, to make fun of him. It's kind of sad. Um, a rock critic named Will Sheff from the band Orkville River uh, wrote that Willis's, uh, quote, periodic appearances for crowds of jeering white frat boys mm. evoke an uncomfortable combination of minstrel act and traveling freak show. So... I think from yeah. an outsider's perspective, they did kind of note that these s- supposed fans of his were, you know, in a way mocking him, which is kind of sad. That doesn't really surprise me. I th- I think that kind of comes with the territory, and probably a lot of his quote-unquote fans were of that nature. I mean, obvi- a-, a lot of his fans were legitimate, too, if you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, no, um, um, a good, another yeah. critic actually said... In response to that, it's not frat boys coming to his shows and making fun of him. It's punk rock kids who appreciate that he sings stuff people are thinking. Which, mm. you know, to a schizophrenic, a lot of the thoughts in your mind, that's another schizophrenic symptom, is the inability to not say what you're thinking, basically. <laughs> the inability to filter what you think versus what you say. Mm. Um, Interesting. And uh, maybe that resonated with a lot of people, you know? Yeah. I'm sure it was a little bit of both, as you said. It was some people there to make fun of him, some people there because they appreciated him. You don't you don't develop a cult following on people hating you. You don't cult following because people appreciate you in some way. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a really good point. Unless you're Tommy Wiseau, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever talked about that on the show? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. We'll save that for another show. <laughs> um, so, so I don't think we've ever... We have covered a lot of things on the show, as we kind of joked about earlier. I don't think we've ever really covered anybody with mental disorders to any real extent. Uh, oh, um, not a, not a major extent, but... Um, oh my god, I'm spacing. The... the, the the guy who sang uh, in the ghetto, he always wore the hat. Yeah, I, I was actually leading toward him. Um, yeah. Uh, Donny Hathaway, I know, in the later years of his life, was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, which I don't know if there's like different types. I'm sure there's different severities. But I don't think he had that as in, well, he probably had it like dormant in him like his whole life, but it didn't really start mm-hmm. coming out until his last few years. Obviously, that, that led to his suicide but beyond that i don't think we've ever really discussed anything like quite like this Mm -hmm. and i mean obviously because i think a lot of people with i mean it's very difficult for anybody to become you know a well-known musician let alone someone with mental disorders yeah true yeah um as we mentioned he passed away in 2003 from leukemia so unfortunately didn't uh, live very long he was only 40 so that's mm. a bit, a bit of a sad yeah. end. Yeah, but he did have a really big cultural impact. I mean, his show, his songs are still incredibly popular. He was huge in Chicago. His songs ended up in movies. He's played on the Howard Stern. He played on the Howard Stern show many, many times, uh, and toured mm. across the country, and was and had music videos on MTV. <laughs> no one could ever say he didn't have an interesting life. So um, mm. we're thankful for his music, and we hope you, as listeners appreciate it as well for its own uniqueness um i'm kind of sad i mean he he was popular in the in the mid 90s in chicago so unfortunately i was a kid i would have never been mm. able to see him but i i would have loved to see him at some point yeah this has been your host moist kyle oh you're not gonna sign me up oh we, okay we could do that um this is this sounds weird this has been your host the fabulous and cheeto dust covered peter and this has been the Pop Tart Eating Kyle. Well, are we are no, we saying I, this and then pointing to the other person? You can't really I would, tell yeah, who's just listening. Exactly. I, I would hope so. Anyway, you listeners can tell us on Facebook if you can think of a good way for us to introduce ourselves. Yeah. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash getyourfunk. You can also follow us on soundcloud.com slash getyourfunk. And you can like and comment on our tracks there. Although not our entire catalog of tracks anymore because we decided that we are tired of paying the money. So <laughs> you, can, you can access like our most recent four or five episodes at a time. We hope you will join us for our next episode of Funk Radio. I want to do like the Batman theme. It's like doodle 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 doodle. Bye. Love you. Bye.